IRC Wealth. Take control of your finances and embrace life without worrying about money. Welcome back to a special edition of IRC Wealthcast. This is a part two where we are reflecting on the challenges, the life challenges of the Gen X generation and building wealth, both financial and physical and emotional wealth with all that goes around them with the blended family, challenges of caring for both adults and children for greater lengths of time. With me and returning are my two very wonderful guests, Wendy Hayes, founder of Mitchell Hayes. She is a certified divorce financial analyst and financial expert and Michelle Thompson, who is a certified financial planner with IRC Well, also has a JD. So if you listen to part one, you've heard these two lovely ladies uh, chatted up already. It was more around elder, the elder care responsibility right. that the Gen X experiences. And now we want to move a little bit, slight shift into how the blended family plays a role in the challenges of the Gen X demographic are we up for that indeed absolutely right. yeah this is my wheelhouse so it, it is your wheelhouse yeah. and well, i want to start like we did with part one with a story sure so uh, michelle take us through one. yes you do have <laughs> one so give it up yeah so i later in life decided to go to law school i was going to be atlanta's next aaron brockovich and in my next to last semester of law school my mom passed away suddenly and um, it was such a disorienting experience losing my mom. And no matter how old you are, when you lose your mom, the world's a different place. And so having to navigate the finality of law school, sit for the bar and everything, that was complicated. But what added to the heartache was that I was the product of a blended family, which for 40 years functioned very normally. My stepfather and my mother were married when I was three, and when my mom passed away, it was very evident that when the nucleus is gone, the atoms start looking around and act real weird. And so the experience that I had after my mom passed away was just so devastating, and it was purely the result of being a blended family. My stepfather had been appointed as the trustee of my mom's trust. They never had a dollar jointly held, they were always very, very aware of keeping things separate because we were a blended family. My stepfather had children from a previous relationship, and um, you know that was just how they progressed with their finances throughout their whole entire life. And so they had separate trusts. My mom had significant assets. My stepfather had significant assets as well. And as a result of my mom's sudden passing, and my mom, my stepfather being named trustee, the typical blended family estate planning nightmare ensued. And it ensued basically overnight. All the assets that were my mom's trust were transferred out. And everything that my mom had planned for, and it was all in writing, went out the window. She, just like most blended family spouses, they provide for their spouse, like from an income standpoint, taking into account their own resources. But then the bulk of the assets are reserved for their children. And that's what my mom's trust said. But that was polar opposite of what happened. So the fast forward version is that after my stepfather transferred all my mom's assets into his ownership, he subsequently remarried in just a matter of months. And as you can imagine, a couple of years later, since nothing was ever, none of my mom's plans were ever 
came to fruition. Um, naturally, unfortunately, some litigation occurred. And it was really, you know, it was evident that our family, what was left of it, had unraveled at my mom's death. But for the trustees' actions and what happened after that, it was evident that we will we would part ways forever. And so there are ways for blended families to not have that experience. And it takes having educated guidance. It, ha it requires that their counselors hone in on the family dynamics and really take the time to listen to how their family is made up and to make sure that they're able to counsel their clients in making the decisions that will dictate whether they're wishes are actually followed. And in my mom's case, it couldn't have been further from the truth. And it, it, it was nowhere near what she wanted. And um, I am the, the outcome of a blended family estate planning nightmare. And it was the most painful, exhausting, emotionally taxing experience. And I, that's why, rather than becoming the next Aaron Brockovich, I became a trust attorney and really felt like I could help families avoid that just abyss that I went through. And through my practice in, in law, I was able to help families do the planning. But it's more to it than that. I mean, you have to look at sort of the overall, and not just the legal part. You have to look at, at their finances, and that's sort of why I pivoted into the wealth management. Right. But it's, um, it's complicated, and it takes savvy, experienced um, counsel to help families avoid this, but you can avoid it. It is avoidable. It just, everyone has to be on board and be willing to address the tough questions, the tough scenarios that what, what do you want to happen in the instance that you pass away and your spouse remarries? What then? What happens? Do you have a surviving parent? What happens for their care if you were to pass away and you have surviving children well, and yeah. blended family children? And I mean, it's not just at your passing. These, these are all conversations that are relevant in life because I can tell you that a blended family, there's so many complexities. If each spouse or even if one spouse is bringing children to the relationship, you oftentimes have different ideas on the level of education, whether it's pub, public or private anywhere from their allowance you know it's there's just so many things that are financially related that a blended family has to really work to overcome yeah and i'll break in for just a second because there's one of the similarities i'm hearing from this story and thanks for uh, telling it michelle is it and it came up with wendy's story in the previous episode which was two things one your mom was an accomplished businesswoman so she was smart enough to have a lot of it down in writing the right way. And you were in the legal profession. Right. You were just wrapping up your education, but you were, you know, for all intents and purposes, you were a lawyer. Yeah, you were yeah. a lawyer, right? And you were the bar exam away from right. you know, your practice. And yet, you still experienced this. Right. So as, as, as was with Wendy, being a financial expert and, and, and so on, and having you know the challenges she had at the other end of the spectrum with the elder care challenge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, it's, yeah. if it's, if it's complex or made complex by people that were sort of had their act together, right. how do the rest of us make it happen in a way that doesn't, isn't a repeat offense, right. so to speak? I mean, just like we talked about in the previous episode that you have to be proactive. You can't just 
sit around and hope that things are going to pan out. As I said, you've got to have some often difficult conversations with your spouse. If you have adult children, if you have a surviving parent, anything like that. But honestly, and this often happens before there's an actual illegal union made. I would always recommend that blended families, whether they work with a family therapist who is sort of more akin to having financial conversations, um, that's one way proactively. And oftentimes, blended family spouses, when they're joining together, one spouse is bringing more assets to the table than the other. And mm -hmm. so that adds a level of complexity that oftentimes need to be addressed mm -hmm. up front. And, you know, there are... Prenups. Right. <laughs> right. When, when you said the, I, the I used to think word. that they were not right. a, a romantic way to enter into a new marriage. Now I think they're a very smart way to enter into yeah. a yeah. new marriage. And if you can't do it for yourself, then do it for your children or the people that are going to be left behind and have to clean up whatever happens. And then you touched on something else a minute ago, Michelle, about, you know, it's not just what happens at your parents passing, right. but what, what could, or, or your spouse's passing, right? But what happens down the road? Because I have a good friend who's been married to the same man for over 40 years. They have two grown daughters. They, for all intensive purposes, are in a happy marriage, but she gets very upset at the thought of some money that she inherited from her parents that she believes that if she died tomorrow that her husband would be remarried within a year and that the new wife would be right. using all of this money and she wants that money right. to go to her girls instead and mm -hmm. so it's having those difficult conversations and finding ways that you can work through all of those scenarios or what happens if you have a special needs child that is going to need more resources right. than a quote-unquote, air quotes, right. normal child, yeah. right? What, yeah. what do you do about that? And if, if it's not the custodial parent that's going to have to take care of that child, how does all that look? Yeah, yeah. in the moving parts, lots mm -hmm. of them. It's true, and, and I think that the Gen X demographic experiences this for a variety of reasons, right? Because social norms have changed, that they've kind of fallen far enough back into the Gen X demographic, right? So now they're experiencing all of the results of these changes, right? Great divorce, mm -hmm. right? We have very a variety of blended family unions, right? And then all the kids that may or may not come through that. And then you have adoption and mm -hmm. you have adoption from other countries. Right. And I'm almost out of breath just no, and I don't no. think I mean at the bottom tired, of the list yeah. yet, right? No, so right. um I mean I think I've got a lot of the biggies, but right, add in same sex marriage, right. right? We have that and the and the lack of laws around this is all happening really right now for Gen X. Right. Right. The boomers didn't go through as much of this, no matter how bad it was they held on to whatever they, they did right, right? you know right right i don't care how much pain i'm in i'm going right into the dirt this way right where we sort of got a little smarter and said i think we can make some changes yeah, here and, right. and make life agreeable but with these changes have come a huge amount of complication right. responsibility and i think that's where we're at with this conversation is you know there's the legal there's the emotional and there's the financial capital that's being yeah. bandied about here
Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? I mean, I think that you know this is why I made the pivot into the wealth management and financial planning arena. It's because having worked with so many blended families and being a product of one, I think that I can help them. And I know I can help them. You know, it's not just about having a functional estate plan that will cover all the bases that you want. It's how can we all coexist and thrive under a blended family with the competing financial interest while everyone's alive and raising children and caring for aging parents. And so I think that this is a more robust conversation that I'm able to have with my clients just based on yeah. my experience and and legal background, but it, it is a larger picture. And it takes someone who's willing to get into the minutia of the family and really parse through how to help them best and, and to make sure that they're able to work together well. And, and oftentimes it means that assets are separate or they're blended and joined, commingled, for you know the industry jargon, on a very superficial level, or they're merged completely. So it varies depending upon the family. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a that's a lot to unpack yeah. there. But it, it is. There's something else though that I, I just I, I don't know what it is. It's a it's something regarding the unforeseen. You know what I mean? Right. And there's the unforeseen is multiplied by so I guess that's right. where I'm going well, with this is you know like the boomerang child coming back. You know exactly. what is the other you know is the other spouse in a blended relationship ready for that? Right. Is it the caring for an adult parent now that needs to come home? Is the other spouse? Ready for, ready for right. that, right? Mm-hmm. Are you ready as a team? Are you ready individually, right. and and so on, right? Yeah. So or okay. yeah, all and or is or the kid who comes back with a kid, right, right, right? You know right. how about that That's one, thing. Right. right? And then goes off again, and now empty nest has got the grandchild right. that they're raising from the ground up, right? So these and things happen. Are- there and is there yeah, is no manual lot. on how you could do this no. because all you have so many different personalities that are involved in this as well and and different responsibility levels and things like that. So you have to be creative in finding solutions that are going to work for for your family and what works for you may not work for right. for someone else, right? Yeah. But it's finding the creative ways to work through that and I think even though you have to find creativity, there are still some systematic things that you can go through that will protect you. And it's finding those resources that are going to be able to save the day. Like like the prenup. Like the prenup. Yeah. Yeah. Or the postnup. Or the the postnup, which is becoming quite popular. We've written about it. We've written about it in our blog, and we have some partners that have written for it as well. Some great positioning on the postnup. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think money is the common denominator here if you can solve the cash and wealth not necessarily. No. I, I know of a family that the parents are still still alive. The mother is a very difficult person. And so there are three children in that family. And two of those children would gladly give up their inheritance for the third child to take care of mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not always about the money. Right. And okay. maybe that depends on how much money you're talking right. about. But... Not always. All right. That's, that's, a, that's a, a decent uh, example. Because like, I always wonder, like, well, if you had the money part taken care of, 
you know, we always preach safety net. Yeah. Does that help alleviate some of the pain? The emotional part of this yeah. is so off the charts right. in some respects. You know, I, I, especially, if I, 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 I think this whole idea of heading towards emptiness, I talked to a friend this week who, you know, um, great guy, they have a great family, you know, he's got a four-year-old, and he's, you know, within a couple wow. of clicks of me. Wow. And, yeah, and so you start thinking about that. Here's a whole other right. scenario that's not even really blended no. anymore, but it is the unexpected and unforeseen needs. I think he's Gen X, yeah, so he would be Gen and X. And how do you provide for them? I mean, are they going to be old enough to stand on their own when you guys, when those parents are either so mm. far along in the aging spectrum or they're not here anymore? Yeah. It's almost like then, would the common denominator be in navigating these waters for Gen X better communication skills? Is that, I think is that a... Indeed, mm, yes. We take some of the mystery out of things by, by addressing the hard topics. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think whether it comes down to before people get together, you know, having conversations because there's usually in a couple a gas and a break. One who has no budget, you know, just mm -hmm. spends freely, and the other one's, you know, yep. hanging, clinging on to every dollar. And so, not that those can't work because that often is a couple, but to just to understand that about your partner. And then, you know, what are their expectations if there are children involved? How are we going to? pay for the child's care if it's your child but I make more money how are we gonna balance that and so you know these are all things that are manageable are workable but you've got to have a conversation about it and you know most couples money can be a difficult conversation to have but then add the complexity of that's really not my child genetically and that's your parent mm -hmm. and you know it's all these things that you have to talk about up front as, as many of the conversations as you can have, I think, is, is communication may be the, the secret. I'm just wondering if that is, because it, it isn't, and money is always uh, one of the top two reasons for the strife. Right. All right. However, if you knew what was going on and weren't surprised about it, then when there was actually a legitimate surprise, the opportunity, <laughs> right? Right. There, there's an opportunity to at least get through the, you navigate the water right. and get out the other side. Right. 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 So. Well, then, I mean, at that point, I think you all have had the conversations and understand each other's positions. And then when life happens as a couple, then you all have already know how to navigate each other individually. But when life happens as a couple, I think you're better, better able to withstand those, those issues mm -hmm. when, when you have these conversations up front. What are the obligations that you have? <laughs> You know, I mean, what, what are you actually obligated to versus what you signed up for kind of thing, you know? Well, that can vary tremendously. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I found that to be interesting with my siblings, with my mom as well. And I think that's very typical in families also. What is your obligation and what is it that you want or are comfortable in doing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And for each person, that, that can be very different. Yeah, so we had talked about this in the other episode, but still a lot of Gen X is recovering from the recession mm -hmm. in a big way. Yeah. The, the good thing is time is a bit on their side. They're young enough that they can, if they manage their financial welfare appropriately, that they can recover and go beyond and have a great yeah. finish. However, <laughs> you know, if kids start showing back up in the basements... <laughs> 
And they bring right. kids and wives and yeah. all kinds of other stuff. That starts to erode things too, you know. Uh, 60 year old, 65 year old men and women with a three year old child is not an empty not, That's not. Yeah. That's not the retirement that most people right. and it is relish. Right. Yeah. And the other is people are living so much longer. Right. So if you anticipated Good that point. you were going to live to be 80 or 85, and now it's, what, 90? Right. 95. So. Yeah. yeah. And you're expending all this uh, these other resources that you thought were just going to be for your retirement. Right. But now they're for your adult child that's come back to the nest that is having some sort of conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so... Or you have a parent that you didn't expect right. to live to be 90, and they are now, you know, requiring a lot of care. Their money has dwindled, and you're still now not, what? right? On now you. what do you right. do? Mm -hmm. So how do we seek out help for things like this? Well, so, you know, I think that there's a multitude of resources. I think financial planning is always sort of ground zero mm -hmm. for anything. But if you're addressing blended family requirements. I would, first off, I think it's always smart to have someone who's trained that could have a conversation with a couple proactively about their finances. And, it, you know, there's plenty of therapists who are money-oriented. Yeah. And so I think that that's always a good way to have a civilized conversation over really prickly subjects initially. And then, you know, if there are resources that one or both want to have some sort of legal agreement, prenup, postnup. The two things that I will say to that is always get your own counsel. Mm -hmm. um, for one, if you, you, if you don't. if you're a blended family, then each one has a no. Yeah, any okay. couple. So, really. Any couple. Any so, really? Okay. Yeah, All right. It, 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 so even if you're friendly. Yes. Yeah. Oh. It's yeah. easily invalidated if the other one didn't have representation. And gotcha. there are certain requirements that have to happen in order for the prenup or post up to actually be valid. And no. actually on the prenup side, if if you really are friendly and happy to be with that person and you're you're being both represented, you're working together right. to come to an agreement, right? Yeah. The post up is a little bit stickier yeah. sometimes because be, yeah. And, yeah. and I mean having individual counsel is not adversarial no. at all. No. No, and it, mm -hmm. it never has to be like that and it doesn't have to be starting off on a bad foot. It's right. just, that's a legal requirement for obviously policy reasons. It makes sense for each person to have their own counsel so that their interests are covered. No, I, I love this because you know, I would have not picked that. I would have thought, you know, hey, let's go to the family attorney and make some of this stuff happen. And that's, uh, that's great yeah. guidance. Yes. Um, so it has to be purposeful. It does. And mm -hmm. thoughtful and that there has to be a real open dialogue about how some of these arrangements are created so that you, you're, the actual union, the prime right. union, right. has a chance of survival and happiness right. because of all the extraneous right. forces that will work against it. <laughs> exactly. There's the a next, lot of pressure. Yeah, there is. Mm -hmm. You know, for the next 15, 20, 25, 30 years or more, right? Right. Or yeah. 40. Or 40. In my, my yeah. parents' case. Yeah. You know, one of the other things I'll say, Joe, that I preached as, um, as a lawyer and then as a wealth advisor, that in your planning, make sure that, and estate planning is more what I'm re referencing here, is that when you have children from a previous relationship, please know, and this is not a character judgment on the surviving spouse, but nine times out of ten, 
if they are named as the trustee or executor, they're going to look out for their interests over and above the surviving children. And it's, again, it's not a character judgment. It just Human happens. Yeah, focus on me. So, yep. so I always, I mean, I would, some of my clients, when they weren't, I could tell they weren't hearing how important this decision is about who you elect to administer your estate or your trust. I, I mean, I get real excited about blended families having, if they're not going to use an individual unbiased trustee or executor, at a minimum, have them as a co-executor or a co-trustee, a neutral, unbiased, disinterested party to help be the eyes. Because had my mom had that situation in her trust, had her legal counsel weighing the, the family dynamics really insist on having a neutral trustee, we wouldn't be, we would, I'm not sure I would be here. Yeah. We would be having a completely different conversation because it would have, it would have been executed flawlessly. And so making sure in a blended family that we don't set our surviving spouses or our children up for failure when you can easily just weigh the circumstances and make certain decisions that will have a far better outcome. It's great, great perspective. Although, you know, it, it, we, we do love having you here. So, oh, well. yeah. no, I'm so, glad to be here. So, uh, out of misfortune right. came great fortune. <laughs> no, I so, agree. You know, I, I wholeheartedly uh, subscribe. But, to but uh, great, great perspective. Wendy, I'm going to give you the last word. Anything from the uh, finance, divorce financial analysis side that comes into play here? Well, from a financial perspective, the process that I go through with my clients um, that are going through a divorce is very similar to what you do for someone that's moving into transitioning to a, a different state in your life, right? You, you basically have to figure out what all of the expenses are, where all of the income is coming from, what the assets are, what the debt is. You, you're basically categorizing everything and then you're helping them to come up with a budget and a plan to be able to live on that. So that that process is similar and it's something that I think that everybody should go through, right? right. Um, and I think that it, it, there's a parallel there for sure. Well, and so so in other words, the, the process while in terms of dissolving a union, it can also be in terms of when you're actually forming one. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely. I like that. Much more proactive and positive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Empowering. Okay. Empowering, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. So, yeah, don't take it lightly. Right. right. Especially second time around, I would think. Right. Right? Even right. more important. Although, the first time around is for love, but I think that they <laughs> screw that up a little bit right. because, you know, they, they, <laughs> and then they can't understand why day two they're arguing over the checkbook. <laughs> right. Right? So maybe yeah. maybe a little bit of advanced planning in that department. Yeah, a little too. bit of reality. Yeah, good. a little bit of reality. I love it. Well, great. I want to I wanna kind of close this one out as I did in our first episode. Wendy, tell us how people find you. I am at www.mitchellhays.net. Or you can call me at 404-870-9040. And it's when, that's Mitchell Hayes is the name of her firm. And she is an Atlanta-based organization. And Michelle Thompson. Joe. I know, I keep asking you right. this. It's a test just to I see know, if you've right. been drinking do, do in I, right. all I, the content that Joey and I have been cranking out. No. Right, go ahead. So, so I'm a proud <laughs> member of the IRC Wealth team. I can be reached at 678 733-4358 
and at our wonderful website at ircwealth.com. Yeah, and to stick with ircwealth.com, we are creating original content in the form of blogs and podcasts like this one every week. And we are on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And we have great resources that we created over time on the IRC Wealth website. And please come out and use them. And there's some really cool stuff out there for you, a knowledge base. And it gives you a chance to tap into all these cool trusted advisors and subject matter experts like the two ladies that are with me here today. So uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I always forget that one. And as I always say from our illustrious founder, not Snapchat. So um, thanks again for coming to another episode of IRC Wealthcast. We appreciate you listening.